thousands and thousands of years ago, there lived an old man in a pagan land. And today we're going to see in Romans chapter four, Paul says you should be like this guy. Mm. And we're going to see why. Yeah. Romans chapter four. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday it is. That's right. <laughs> Let's uh, get started right away in verse one. I'll go ahead and read. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of the Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So the righteousness did not come from what he did, but because of his faith. When people work, their wages are not a gift but something they have earned. In other words, you know, it can't be a gift if it's, an, if it's a wage, of course. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. And uh, this was out of Psalms, you know, which, of course, Jesus wasn't around then yet, Junior. So what was, the, what was the basis of that then? Yeah, this is more of, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, kind of put me a, a little bit on the spot here <laughs> theologically to yeah. see if, you know, if I maybe go off the deep end here. But this is more of what God was looking forward. He gets later on into, into Romans. But he's like God was looking toward the Messiah yeah. when it came to these people who are living within God's plan. Yep, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, what it comes down to is this, is that everybody's responsible for the revelation that they've been given. And, of course, at this point, David, what he knew about the Messiah, he believed. Yeah, but he hadn't. Not all of it had been revealed to him yet. Yeah. We've got a completer picture now because Jesus has come, and the details of this Messiah. But he knew given forgiveness is going to be forgiveness was still based on that, on his belief, on his yeah. faith, looking yeah. forward to the the provision, the forgiveness that God was granting him based on that. So it must become the, the idea of the Messiah must have become far more politicized after David, because once Jesus does arrive on scene, a lot of people saw the Messiah as being more of a political figure than anything. Well, especially at that point, because they were felt like they were oppressed, that they were, yeah. they were looking for someone that was going to release them of their earthly oppression. Whereas David wasn't looking for that. Now he did. He was looking to God to deliver him from his enemies, from Saul, right. who was trying to kill him. But he wasn't viewing the Messiah that way. Yeah. He looked That's to the Messiah for forgiveness. Yeah. So verse 9, now, is this the blessing only for the Jews, or is it for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith, but how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised, or was it before, before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous, even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith, but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. And you can pick it up in verse 13. Yeah. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. 
the only way to avoid breaking the law is to not have any law to break. The way I kind of see this, like, especially when he says, um, it's not based on his obedience to the God's law, but based on a real, right relationship with, with God that comes by faith with my own kids. I, we have household rules, right? Like every yeah. other house, it would break my heart if my kids were just like living in fear, running around the house, trying to obey every single letter of mm. the law that I put in our house. Now, of course I want them to obey the rules that we yeah, have. But the reason for those but, rules are for their benefit. Yeah, I want to have a relationship a with them. That's what I want. I yeah. want a relationship with them more mm. than, more than rules. I think sometimes religion can just go, Hey, just, just, tick off these boxes and should be good. And guys are like, no, no, no. This, is, yeah. this is what Paul's saying. No, 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 it's about the right relationship. Yeah. And so it, I, I think that's a great example. We, we, we didn't have a lot of requirements for you guys, but we did, we required you to make your bed when you got up in the morning. Yeah. And, but that wasn't because we needed the bed made. We weren't right. even, we probably would never have seen inside the room, <laughs> right. but we wanted you to have the benefit of learning that discipline. And, yeah. The same thing when it came to fighting or just all kinds of things that, that we forget that God's law is gracious. Yeah. He gives us his law because he loves us and he wants our lives to be the best that they can be. He wants us to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told them, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought, jo- he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't for Abraham's benefit. Hmm. It wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Man, it's just a great progression that Paul gives here and bringing out the problem of sin and how this hurts all of us and how it sends us in the wrong direction and then how we're all guilty in chapter 3. And then in chapter 4 here, then he starts helping us to understand that, but we can be made right with God because of what Jesus did, and it's by faith in him, and that's how we become the children of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to eventually bring this all home as we continue in in, uh, in chapter five, yeah. which will you'll, you'll be reading tomorrow and six, and we'll get to chapter seven then on Monday. Yeah. Now I got to point this out. You know that we just read uh, David here in in Romans chapter four. You know he says, "Over what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven." Yeah. Do you know what psalm that comes out of? I uh, comes out of Psalm 32, which is the psalm for today. No joke, we did not plan <laughs> that. We didn't plan it at all. No, no but it's, it's awesome. the very first yeah. in Psalm 32. You're going to see that right away. This is what Paul quotes: "Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience <laughs> is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight." That's exactly the verse yeah. that Paul had recorded in Romans chapter four. It's kind of cool how that worked out. It is. Yeah, yeah. Did you have another psalm? Well, no, it's the same psalm here. I mean, we were gonna we were gonna point out uh, when he talks about how he refused to confess in verse three, confused to confess my sin. I was weak and miserable. And I groaned all day long. In verse five, finally, I confess all my sins to you and stop trying to hide them. 
I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and he forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. So, yeah, that's that's what yeah. exactly what Paul was talking about. That's right. So rejoice in the forgiveness that God makes available to you in Jesus, and it is yeah. in Jesus. He is your only hope. And as you read Psalm 32, just be thinking of old Paul <laughs> reading Psalm 32 going, ah, I got yeah. to include I this gotta, in I gotta my I got to comment this, yep. Love it. All right. Well, enjoy the weekend. And we say it every week, but we really do mean it. We hope you're in church because that's where you find believers Mm -hmm. in church, serving church, worshiping in church, reading God's word on the weekends. We hope you're doing that as well. And we look forward to seeing you on Monday. God bless.